My name is Rose Unplugged, and I'm with Jeffrey Lord today. Check us out. You can check me out at roseunplugged.com, and also she is called by him.com. And my website, thejeffreylord.com, and I'm also a contributing editor to the American Spectator and a Newsmax TV contributor. With that said, I want to introduce the great former Speaker of the House, uh, the Honorable Newt Gingrich. Uh, Mr. Speaker, welcome to the show. Uh, I have to say, I, I always have a soft spot for you because back in 1976, when I was a, a dopey candidate for the legislature in Pennsylvania, my campaign treasurer turned out to be your sister, Rob, <laughs> who kept saying to me, you've got to meet my brother. He's running for Congress in Georgia. And I thought, well, yeah, the uh, the chance that a Republican could get elected in Georgia. And then a number of years later, there I was as a White House Reagan political liaison to something called the Conservative Opportunity Society. And I would trundle up to the House, uh, I don't know whether it was once a week or once a month, and and you would hold, hold forth there, you and Jack Kemp and Dick Armey and others. And so if I learned nothing, it was to pay attention. So welcome to the show. Well, I'm glad to be with you. And uh, Robbie has always been very supportive, and that's a great story, which I'll tell her about the next time we talk. Well, Mr. Mr. Speaker, I want to—I have your book here, March to the Majority, and uh, you know I've just started to get into this. But you you talk about both the uh, the march that that got you to the speakership and making Republicans a majority for the first time in whatever it was forty years or some long stretch, and. Uh, also involved here, I, I, I thought you might like to talk a little bit about uh, immigration and how Republicans in the House need to stand firm on this. And I just to give you one little snapshot here, and I'm sure this won't surprise you at all, uh, the Washington Post ran a piece the other day uh, in which they quoted the mayor of Pittsburgh, a Democrat by the name of Ed Ganey, who said to the Post, we're not here to reject any immigration. As a matter of fact, we want to make this the most safe, welcoming, thriving place. And then he said that he does not make distinctions on the basis of someone's immigration status or how the person entered the country, saying, why wouldn't we want them? Uh, in other words, illegal immigration is apparently okay with these folks. I'll hand it over to you. Well, no, it's, it's clear. If you look at Biden's illegal immigration policy and Biden's illegal immigrants, uh, this is not an accident. This is this is a belief that you ought to be able to have everybody in the world who'd like to come here uh, be, you know, enter the United States illegally. Uh, and now, of course, on the left, they also want them to be allowed to vote. Uh, and we're talking about a planet in which the Gallup poll estimated in their world poll that there were uh, at least 165 million people who would like to move to the U.S. Wow. suspect that number has gone up. I mean, you know, if, you, if you're living in Gaza or you're living in Ukraine or you're living in Lebanon uh, or, for that matter, Venezuela, and you think, gee, where would I like to be next month? Well, the U.S. is a lot better place just for the quality of life, for opportunities, for the economy. Uh, and the question is, <clears throat> one, are we going to remain a country where the rule of law matters? I'm very much for legal immigration. Clist and I are, my wife Clist and I are actually uh, doing a series called Journey to America, celebrating uh, legal immigrants who come here and make us successful. But I'm equally deeply opposed to people who come here illegally because their first act is to break the law. Yeah. yeah. 
I'd love to get your opinion on what's going on in Texas right now, since we're on this subject, because we know that the Republican Texas governor, Greg Abbott, approved new powers that are going to allow police to arrest migrants who illegally cross the border. And it's going to give local judges there the power to order them to leave the country. They'll give them an option. You know, you either leave the country or you'll go, you know, we're going to hit you with, you know, some sort of uh, fine or misdemeanor charge. So a lot of people are saying the opponents, of course, don't like it. They're saying it's too dramatic of an attempt by a state. Because if you remember, there was a 2010 Arizona law that they also didn't like. It was called the Show Me Your Papers bill. But anyway, that was struck down by the U.S. Supreme Court. But right now, you're hearing people say this is an overreach for a state. Really, this is this should be a federal issue. But the the feds aren't the people who are in charge of these kind of things aren't doing anything. And the people like Abbott and his, the people of his great state are suffering as a result. Isn't there such a thing as state sovereignty? And couldn't it apply here in this particular case? Well, I think what what applies is the, that the state should have the ability to protect its own people. And when you have tens of thousands of people coming in illegally, uh, a number of them drug dealers, uh, some of them uh, terrorists, and, and we do know literally that they've picked up people on the terrorist watch list coming in the United States on the southern border, right. then a state, I think, has a responsibility to protect its citizens. And the amazing thing to me is that the Biden administration is madder at Texas for trying to enforce the law Mm -hmm. than it is at the illegal immigrants who are breaking the law. And that's because the Biden illegal immigration policy is the maximum number of new people showing up with the least possible problem in a way which is just going to undermine the whole country. Yeah, it's so disappointing. But I love that he's he has he's forced. He really has no other choice but to take a stance like this. And he, I think the message that he wants to get out there is, listen, you think you want to come over? And he's talking to the cartels, too. You're not going to want to be bringing these people to the state of Texas. And maybe they'll think twice about before they go there. But it's just no one is taking no one's taking charge on this issue. So God bless him for, for his efforts. I think actually Biden has taken charge. Well, I guess you're right. Legal immigration <laughs> policy. This is what he wants. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. I think you're absolutely right about that. We are in a power struggle, and I just wrote a, a newsletter arguing that, in fact, uh, if you if you look at a new poll we just did at America's New Majority Project, which people can see for free by going to America's New Majority Project dot com, we do uh, every two weeks we do a national survey with two thousand registered voters. Overwhelmingly. The American people uh, want us to control the border. Seventy six percent of the American people want us to hire more border patrol. Sixty seven percent favor the Republican bill and part that's in the House. And part of the reason I wrote the newsletter was to say House Republicans ought to stand firm. Uh, There are a handful of Senate Republicans who are goofy. Uh, One of them has offered a proposal that after the first 3,000 people come in illegally each day. You could arrest people above 3,000. Well, that means you're accepting a million uh, Biden illegal immigrants every year before you do anything. I mean, uh, we have audio on that. We can play that right now if you like. Take a listen. The issue is not just how we respond in the city of Chicago, it's the fact that we have a governor 
a governor, an elected official in the state of Texas that is placing families on buses without shoes, cold, wet, tired, hungry, afraid, traumatized. And then they come to the city of Chicago where we have homelessness. We have mental health clinics that have been shut down and closed. You have people who are seeking employment. The, the governor of Texas needs to take a look in the mirror of the chaos that he is causing for this country. This is not just a Chicago dynamic. He is attacking our country. Really? That was the mayor of Chicago. Yeah. Can you believe this? The mayor of Chicago attacking that he's suggesting that Governor Abbott is attacking Americans. Right. (laughs) Unbelievable. Tells you where the left is. Look, the hard left identifies with illegal immigrants rather than with Americans. You know, there was a case that the New York Post reported of a 94-year-old Korean War veteran who'd been kicked out of his assisted living so they could turn it over to illegal immigrants. Well, if you're on the left, that makes perfect sense. I mean, why, why, why would you favor a patriot in his 90s who defended America in the Korean War uh, when you could give it away to somebody who had broken the law, come here illegally, and was frankly demanding welfare? Uh, I mean, this whole thing is exactly upside down, but that's where the left is. The left, on a whole range of issues, the left is upside down. In the meantime, you've got the people showing up at city hall meetings, and they're they're saying, we don't want to be a sanctuary city any longer here in Chicago. I mean, they, they're, they've they had enough, and this guy's supposed to be representing them. They got what they asked for. They sure <laughs> did, though. They really did. I- that's why Mayor Adams, for example, in New York is now at 23% approval. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. That's right. Working. You know, we only have a couple of minutes, but I would love to get your opinion on this, uh, Speaker. We, you, you know, everyone knows you, and you were responsible really for the contract with America. It was so successful. It was amazing, and and people believed you. They they wanted more of that. They they were they bought into it. They loved it, and you delivered. Then about a year ago, we had the House rep- represent uh, Republicans come out with their commitment to America. It kind of fizzled out. What was the difference? Why are we not seeing the support? I mean, we just saw it before recess, you know, with the um, FISA 702 and the a couple of other things where we didn't have Republicans voting the way they really should have voted. What's going on here? Well, I think a couple of things. First of all, when, when the contract with America, we, we were standing on Ronald Reagan's shoulders. True. Virtually everything in the contract was stuff Reagan had been campaigning on uh, since 1964. So the country understood it. It was thoroughly embedded, uh, and there were only ten things. I mean, the the the, the one great I, I admired very much what Kevin McCarthy was trying to accomplish. But the biggest challenge with his commitment to America was they had 150 items. Well, nobody can understand 150 <laughs> items. Five or ten that are the most powerful. You stick with them, and you get them done. And uh, part of the reason that I wrote my most recent newsletter at Gingrich 360, which is available for free, is to say to House Republicans, you have a winning position on stopping Biden's illegal immigration program. Stick with it. Don't let the Senate browbeat you. Don't let the news media browbeat you. And say to Biden, if you want to get a bill through that that helps Ukraine and Israel, we want to get a bill through that helps America. And if you're not prepared to take care of the American border, we're not going to give you the money for other countries' borders. I like that. How how important, and I, I've noticed this in your book, and I thoroughly agree, but 
if you could expand a little bit, how important is it for House Republicans to stop negotiating with uh, this or that Democratic senator and negotiate with President Biden himself and limit it to that? Well, I've, I've always believed, and Kevin McCarthy did this very well in the debt ceiling fight, uh, the only person McCarthy would negotiate with was Biden. Yeah. I think Johnson ought to take the position that the only person he's going to negotiate with is Biden. Uh, you know, it's, it is virtually impossible to bring up a bill unless the speaker's willing to do it. I mean, there are, technically you could do it with a discharge petition, but that's very hard to do. And if I, if I were the Republicans in the House, I would say we have a clear position. It is supported by three out of every four Americans, uh, and we are not going to back off. And if you want to help, and I say it this way, and I'm very much for stopping Putin from winning in Ukraine. I think it'll be a disaster. I am very much for helping Israel destroy a terrorist organization that was cutting off the heads of babies. I think Hamas is evil. I think it needs to be destroyed. But I think we have a legitimate priority to say that defending America's border has to be part of any bill that's designed to defend Ukraine and Israel and draw the line straight with the Democrats and just say, you know, if, if you want to be the end, you're not, you're not going to get the money that you, that you desperately want to get for Ukraine until you agree to control the border, period. And then wow. I'm very calm. I go on and do other things and say, you know, we can wait as long as we have to. We can wait till the presidential election <laughs> and have the presidential election be a referendum on should you take care of American border first? We win that. Absolutely. About four to one. I agree with you 100 percent. We have to say, Jeffrey and I, we just we love you. Uh, Former Speaker Newt Gingrich, uh, we appreciate you so much. Uh, Your book, March to the Majority, is worth checking out. And also, I just want to plug America's New Majority Project dot com. You can get a lot of information there. Uh, Speaker, thank you so much for joining us today on The Hannity Show. 